And now, a Blaze Media podcast. Man stands with America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, America. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This, of course, is the show where you come for the accent and you stay for the principles. And today is going to be a show that's going to make you very, very uncomfortable. But it's a show you need to hear. It's a show I've been working on for about four weeks. Because last week I spoke to you about Ukraine and Russia. And I raised a lot of questions that don't make sense to me. And specifically around Russia. They don't make sense to me. I don't understand why he is doing what he is doing in the sense of why he has not been more violent. I raise questions about how long he can last in Russia by his leadership, by his lack of failures, or his failures in Ukraine, not lack of them. This war, it just doesn't make sense to me the way it's been reported. But I don't want to talk to you about the war in Ukraine today. I want to talk to you about you. And I want to talk to you about your future. Because make no mistake about it, Our world has been changed, shaped, molded, and adapted before our very eyes. You may agree with me all of the time, none of the time, or some of the time. What I'm going to share with you today, I'm not asking you to agree with me. But it will make you uncomfortable. I want to be crystal clear what I am asking you to do from today's show. I want you to reflect, I want you to think, and I want you to find out where you stand on the issues. If I do my job correctly after today's show, you will have a better understanding of what is happening in the world right now and the real battle that is taking place. You see, it's easy to get focused in on Ukraine versus Russia. It's easy to to get all the media attention onto that. And we can ask ourselves why things are happening the way they are. Why things are, are happening. Why the media is reporting certain things. Why your president is, seems to be doing certain things. But before we get to all of that, I need to lay the foundation of why you're seeing right now. And it's not from a country point of view, it's from a philosophical point of view. One of my biggest frustrations is Americans and America as a country adopting language they should not adopt. Heck, this is the reason I have this show. I'm not some fancy smarty pants linguist. 
Like, I'm not the guy. Like, I'm the guy who says tree as in the number as in, and tree as in something that grows out of the ground. Clearly, I'm not the best linguist going. But I understand words have meanings. I got this show because I called my bo now boss, Glenn Beck, out on a term he uses, and Americans use on an everyday basis, the middle class. That's how I got this show. But that's not the word I want to talk to you about today. The reason the show is going to start with philosophical is on left versus right. You see, America is unique. America is exceptional for many, many reasons. But one of the reasons is you don't ascribe to the left-right divide that is known in the world. What is the philosophical basis, the foundation of left and right? Heck, if you were to ask yourself and lay some principles down, what would they be for left and right? Now, as you do that, if you want to play along at home, ask yourself, so let's focus on the left or the right or both sides, whichever you want to do, and ask yourself, what are the principles that are on either side? And then ask yourself a second question. Are those principles consistent around the world? If you think, well, lefties are for, for communism and for socialism and for big government and right is for freedom, really? Do you think what happens in the left is consistent in America, in Ireland, in England, in Europe, in Australia? Likewise, do you think what are, is a right winger is consistent in America, in Europe, in Australia? Do you think there's a consistency running through them? Spoiler alert, there's not. If you're a right winger in America, you're something completely different to a right winger in Europe to a right-winger in Australia, to a right-winger in Asia. They mean very different things. There is no unifying, un underlying principles. Apart from one. You see, these terms are not American. Left and right is not an American term. In fact, and I hate using this word, but it's apt in this case. Left and right are anti-American terms because they set you up on a false premise. You think left Democrats, right Republicans. You think left liberal, right conservative. All left and right are based on is on where they sat in parliaments. It is based on no underlying real principles. And when you understand this, you understand that left and right, while they are fundamentally opposed on certain ideas, their underlying principles are always the same on both sides. What is that underlying principle? Government. You see, when you understand left and right, left is communism. Left is Marxism. Left is Leninism and is Stalinism. Left is big government control, but on a national world level, i.e. think of the United Nations. This will all become clear why I'm laying this as the foundation, so bear with me.
They think of the world government, the World Bank, the United Nations, Agenda 2030. They think of everything through the moulds of the old Fabian socialists from England. The idea of let us build the world as we see fit. Let us mold and shape it. If you have ever seen the old Fabian socialist logos, the, the, the stained glass, it's of workers, which is from communism. Let the workers of the world unite. And all, they are literally have this sphere-shaped object. And they are literally beating it with a panel, with a hammer. Literally beating it to the way they see fit. Shaping it to their heart's desire. You see, they believe in a world government. They don't believe in a top government. As in, like, you know, America or Europe. They believe in world government. The harmonization of governments around the world. And on the opposite side of that, the right-wingers, Nazism, fascism, the national socialists. What is their underlying theme? Government. Except they don't ascribe to the Marxism, the idea of one world government. They ascribe to nationalism. That yes, we believe in government, and yes, we believe in the tyrannical authoritarian control that the left does. It's just we don't ascribe to the one world government globalist movement. What they ascribe to is the national socialist movement. That the nation is strong. That there's pride to be found in your nation. Yes, we may share similar values. But I'm Irish. I'm proud to be Irish. I'm German. I'm proud to be German. I'm Russian. I'm proud to be Russian. Heck, even I'm American. And I'm proud to be an American. What you need to understand is while at a basic level, if you got the left-wing communists and the Marxists and the socialists, and you got the right-wing national socialists, the Nazis, the fascists, and said, I want you to write down the vision of your country, of your world. And don't talk to me about whether it's from a nationalist point of view or from a world point of view. Just talk about your principles on government. What's the government's role in education? What's the government's role in healthcare? What's the government's role on spending? What's the government's role in controlling your life? What's the government's role on free speech? What's the government's role on guns and the right to self-defense? What's the right on the or what's the role of government on the right to free speech, on assembly, on the right to be proven innocent? I'm going through the Bill of Rights here. You would find a lot of common ground. In fact, they would be in lockstep. Their disagreement is not who is, sorry, it's not whether you have a tyrant. The question is who the tyrant is. Let me give you some historical context to this. I'm very familiar with this battle because I lived in Ireland for a long time. You might have heard that about me. You know, I don't speak with a native Oklahoman accent. 
I can't even do an Oklahoman accent. For 37 years of my life, I lived in Ireland. I know this debate only too well. Because right now, Ireland is based on the left-wing model. We believe in Ireland. Or they believe, I don't live there anymore. They believe in Ireland in the world government. They believe in the United Nations. They believe in the power of the world government. They believe in the World Bank. They believe in the IMF. They believe in all these big worldly institutions. But you see, that's not how it always was in Ireland. You see, Ireland is not a freedom-loving nation, despite what Americans thinking it is. That is nothing more than Hollywood propaganda. Ireland and its revolution against England was the exact opposite to the American revolution against England. You see, the Irish revolution was about two words. If you read the Irish revolutionary literature, you will see these two words everywhere. What are those two words? It's a right-wing word. Home rule. You see, to the Irish back then, when they were under the tyrannical king, similar to what America was under, when they were dealing with the tyrannical king who was trampling their rights, America said, this is wrong. Let us rise up. Let us stand for a fight. Let us fight for something bigger than ourselves. And what did you end up fighting for? The Declaration of Independence. The principles, the idea that said all men are created equal. And that all men are created with certain inalienable rights from their God. And among those rights is life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You then went on and spoke about the role of government. How it is not the giver or taker of rights, but its fundamental only job is to protect everyone's God-given rights. What did Ireland do? What did Ireland do? Ireland didn't care about the tyrannical policies. Irish people back then said, no, it's not about freedom versus liberty. Or freedom versus tyranny. Or this idea of the Declaration of Independence. Nope. What it is about is who rules over us. You see, back then to the Irish people, it would be much better to be ruled by an Irish person than an English person. Now let me ask you one question before I bring this full circle and explain to you what is happening right now and why you need to understand and why you need to think if you want to start saving your country and your world. If a tyrant has his boot on your throat and you can't breathe, do you really care about the nationality of that tyrant? Do you take some comfort as an American knowing that the tyrant that has his boot on your throat is an American? Do you care? Does it give you some comfort? If you do think, well, it might give you some comfort, then I ask you one question. Why don't you love Joe Biden right now? Because Joe Biden is an American. Do you like his version of tyranny? If your answer is, hell no, I don't then guess what? You don't have a side in the brace right now. 
You don't have a horse in the race in this battle that is coming. And I will tell you exactly who the battle is against right next after this break. So, John, okay, I'm, o I'm open to listening. Who is this battle against? You are about to see a battle of biblical proportions. I don't know who wins, but I will say this. Who you, as an American back, your actions, your deeds, your words will play a big impact. What is the battle? You are about to see the battle of the left-wing socialists. The battle of the Marxists. And the communists. And the progressives. All who believe in the one world government. You will see that battle. But their opponents are going to be the National Socialists. The National People who believe in their country, who don't ascribe to it, but who believe in the tyrannical power of government. And I'm going to prove it to you. Look around at the Ukraine conflict. Look, at, look around at the media reports. And look specifically at your president. I am so sick and tired of people in the right media, many who are my colleagues, thinking Joe Biden is stupid about how he is a puppet. No, he's not. I'm not saying he's got full faculty over his power, but don't make excuses for who he is and what he is. His, this is exactly who he always was. The lie that the left portrayed last year, that Joe Biden was somehow a moderate, is one of the biggest piles of horse manure this country has ever seen. Joe Biden has never been a moderate Democrat. I remember moderate Democrats. People like Joe Lieberman, they were moderate Democrats. Even people, if you want a more famous people historically, JFK, they were moderate Democrats. Joe Biden has never been a moderate Democrat and never will be a moderate Democrat. No matter how much lipstick, no matter how much makeup, no matter how much whitewashing of history you seek to do. But have you noticed how this administration is dealing with Ukraine? Have you noticed America's role in the world? America's role is no longer a leader. Heck, America is not even one of the top leaders fighting Ukraine right now. You can think that's a good thing or a bad thing. But the point still remains. America is just one of a list of countries. Now, your foreign policy opinion might say, well, John, that's good. We shouldn't always be the only one. This is where I'm going to make you uncomfortable. I'm not saying I disagree with you. But I am telling you, you need to do some research. You see, this is how the globalists want it to be. They don't believe in a strong America. 
They don't believe in a strong national government. They believe in a collectivist government. They believe in no country is great, no country is exceptional, that every country is just the same. Everyone is on the same level playing field, and even if they're not, that is what they seek to bring. This battle where you see America right now, where you see England, where you see Ireland, where you see France, these are all people who ascribe to the Great Reset, but also ascribe to the idea of Agenda 2030. This battle right now, at a higher level, is a battle of left versus right and true left versus right. It is left of the communists, the Marxists, the progressives, and the right in the National Socialists. That is the battle of the day. And everything you need to see and understand, that is what's happening. Now, there's also a third participant in this battle. And this participant doesn't know where to fit. Because it's not as easy today. Our world is a lot more complex. It's not easy to say anymore that it's just one side versus the other. You see, there are elements within the left of America, of the world, of Europe, that find themselves at odds with other parts of the left. You see, this battle isn't just left versus right. It's not enough to say it's the Great Reset versus the National Socialists, the right-wingers in Europe. You see, there's an internal battle happening in the left as well, and it's simmering down right now that isn't around and isn't in the public eye as much. But believe me, this battle will come back. Especially if this Great Reset continues to gain momentum. You see, the battle is the Great Reset, which is public-private partnerships versus government. You see, let me show this to you in real life. Sanctions. And the reason I said at the start of the show, it's going to make you very uncomfortable, but I need you to think. Your opinion is irrelevant on sanctions. I am not a sanctions defender. In fact, I hate sanctions. I'm usually the guy that you all lecture, kind of go, but John, there's a reason for these sanctions in this country. Doesn't matter. Have you ever seen sanctions be so effective? Have you ever seen sanctions be this harsh? You see, sanctions and embargoes and every other word you want to use have been around for a very long time. But usually what would happen is companies, especially big global companies, would have trading arms in different countries. And let's say you had a, country, a company in America. And they went, you know, in America, we are not getting involved in that country. That country is bad, is evil, is wrong. And they'd be able to make that posture in their company in America. But they would have a trading arm in Europe or in Asia, that would do business with Russia and China. That's in the past. The reason these sanctions have been so effective, quote-unquote, is because you're seeing what the Great Reset calls for. A public-private partnership. 
Have you ever seen companies talk an embargo a country like Russia before? And I'm not talking about the, 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 the war on Putin. Like, oh my God, we won't release the Batman movie. No, I'm talking about real sanctions. Or not the, the sanctions, because I don't want you to be confused. Because I've seen this in your country as well. Um, about how the, uh, the judo championships, the judo organization has boycotted Putin. And the Taekwondo people have boycotted Putin. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about real harsh sanctions and embargoes. The banks, they're cutting off the money supply. Have you ever seen it? Even if you hate sanctions and you believe they're immorally wrong and useless, have you ever seen sanctions have this much impact? The answer is no. Why? Public-private partnerships. That's what's happening right now. But the battle that's going to start happening is especially as the Great Reset, which they are so confident in what they're doing. They're telling you a timeline. They're telling you by 2030, we believe our objectives will be his. They're saying by 2030, we will have transformed the world so much that our objectives will be met. We're telling you they're putting out these propaganda videos by 2030. You will own nothing and be happy. You will eat meat once a week. It will be a novelty. It won't be a staple. They're telling you exactly who they are in fancy dancy videos. Now here's the thing you need to ask yourself. It's public-private partnerships. Imagine you're an old school Marxist. And you're a person who will go, well, where the workers of the world unite. And we believe in government. And we believe that we are the molders of society. And I want you to think old school. Old school. Ideologues. They've been looking to control the world for the longest time. Their daddies have been trying to control the world. Their great-granddaddies have been trying to control the world. And they finally think they're at a point in time where they can get it. Do you think they're going to be comfortable admitting that our ideological views, our ideological goals, can only work when we are partnering with the richest people in society? This is where the next battle will come. It might not be the next battle as in the next war, as in it mightn't happen tomorrow, but this will be an ideological battle that I believe you will see play out in the very near future. You will see the communists, the progressives, the people who believe in the United Nations, the people who believe in Agenda 2030, look at the Great Reset people and kind of go, so you're going to take credit for all of this? All the work I have done, and then you come in with your millionaires and your billionaires and hijack our movement. The hell you are. That could be the next battle. But even if those two merge together and come together with some type of compromise, and the battle is the old school battle of left versus right. It's of the Great Reset Purse people and the UN people merging together to fight the National Socialist that is in Putin. Because he believes, he is a right-winger. 
He believes not in world government, not in world harmonization, but Putin is a right-winger true and true because he believes in Mother Russia. He believes Mother Russia is superior. He believes Russia is great. China also is a right-winger in those traditional molds. They don't believe in the world government. They might use the world government when it suits them, but they believe China matters. They believe China is better than every other nation. You think Russia or China looks at Ireland and kind of go, yeah, they're the same as us. You think Russia and China look at England and go, yeah, they're the same as us. Heck, even on the right, Russia and China, do you think they both look at each other and kind of go, we're the same? This is the battle that you're seeing play out before our eyes. Why is this critical for you to know? And what is your role in the future and solving this? So what is your role? Simply put, educate yourself. Understand the times we are living in. Understand the real battles that are happening. And quite simply, to be an American. I did a lot of radio interviews over the last couple of weeks about this issue about Russia and Ukraine. About how I didn't things didn't make sense. I spoke about it, and invariably always I got some comments like, oh, so what's your answer to bomb everyone? For America to be the world police? No. You need to educate yourself. Because you need to understand, and I'm going to be crystal clear about who I label here. If you are a person who believes in America, and you are a conservative, and you are a constitutionalist, and you believe Yes, in the Constitution. Yes, in the Bill of Rights. But most importantly, the Declaration of Independence. If you are a person who believes in real freedom, real liberty, the ideas written about by Thomas Jefferson, you don't have a dog in this race. It's very easy to look at certain people in this conflict and identify with them. But it's time to understand something. They are not like you. You do not share common values, common goals, and common principles with them. I've had conversations with people behind the scenes, and I'm like, I don't know, I get very frustrated with all Americans right now where they're saying nice things about Putin. I had a conversation with someone yesterday, really nice guy. And they said, well, you know, the one thing I, you know, I, I know Putin's a bad guy and he's evil and stuff. But you know one thing I like about him? What's that? He's got a pair. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to look around at the weakness, the spinelessness of people today. And literally look for someone that has a set. Here's the thing. Putin doesn't have a set. Putin doesn't, isn't standing up by himself. Everything Putin does is a calculated chess move. He's not standing on the bridge of the Alamo kind of going, yeah, come and take it and, you know, you could trample me. 
he's not looking the Ukrainian forces eye to eye. He's he's in his gotcha. In his dacha. Protected with people all around him. Well, at least he's tough, right? I see the pictures. He looks like a tough guy. He's short. He's tiny. All these pictures of him mauling bears and playing hockey. Do you think they were competitive pictures? Or do you think they were photoshopped and staged? All these symbols of power, quote-unquote, are propaganda. Putin, if you believe in freedom, Putin is not your friend. While he doesn't like the globalist regime, surely we can have some common ground. No. Do not fall for the false idea of the enemy of my enemy is my friend. That ideology has been around forever and has always been the biggest load of poop going. The enemy of your enemy is still your enemy if they are your enemy. Just because you have a common enemy does not make you all of a sudden friends. If you need a spoiler alert on this, and because it's the two actors involved, it seems apt, go read what Eisenhower said about the Russians in World War II. The reason I'm using that analogy is for no other reason than they're the countries involved. They are not your friend. Nationalism is not your friend. Just because you have proud, and you're proud to be an American. And trust me, I get it. But the underlying values of being proud to be an American or proud in your country is very different. And this is where I get to know what you stand for. If you want to solve these problems, if you want to start securing your future, your kids' future, your grandkids' future, I hate to sound like a broken record, but it is true. The solution is the same as it's always been. The Declaration of Independence, the idea of America, this idea of God-given rights, this idea of individual liberty. The answer is knowing what you stand for. And making a difference. And let us start exporting these values domestically to our fellow Americans. But also around the world. Or we can continue doing what I've seen Americans do over the last couple of weeks. You know what's funny? And when I say funny, I mean funny as in a sad way. It's funny as in it's pathetic. I see... I have more right-wing friends, quote-unquote, in America than left-wing friends. And my right-wing friends love to scoff at the left. About how weak and spineless they are. About the virtue signal. You know, I've seen so much crappy virtue signaling from the right over the last couple of weeks. Of just Americans. I don't know some of them. I know some of them are right-wingers. But some of them are just Americans. I saw one of the most ridiculous protests I think I have ever seen in my life. This week, by an American. Do you know what that protest was? It was they got on TikTok. And to show Russia, to show Putin, to show solidarity with my Ukrainian brothers. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pour out my Russian vodka. Yeah, because Putin cares about you pouring out your Russian vodka. Oh, by the way, that you've already paid for. It would be something to say, you know what? You know what? 
I'm not buying any more Russian vodka. That would be at least something. But no, they, these people didn't do that. They just got all their Russian vodka, all the bottles, and they're pouring it in the street. This is the virtue signaling of the world we live in. And this is not a disease of the left. This is a disease of mankind right now. The stupid idea that, oh, I have a phone in my hand and I have access to social media. I could become a viral sensation. I'm going to prove, I'm going to show Putin. Really? Really? America, I love you. I say this with all the respect that I can give you. You know how much I love you. But with respect, you're better than this. You are better than this. The nation that overcame the Hessians. The nation that overlooked the superpower today and said, we are going to fight you anyway. You're the country that went to the moon, for God's sake. You're better than this. How can it be this country, this amazing country, which changed the way our world thinks, that went to the moon, that had such a massive impact, has been reduced to crappy virtual signaling of pouring out Russian vodka you've already bought? But also, let's move on to the deeper psychological point of view. Can we stop judging people by where they've come from? And let's start judging them on who they are. Let me give you an example that's really personal. Imagine there's a country overseas. There's over 200 of them. Pick any of them. And they're, you know what? I don't like Americans. I'm going to start protesting Americans. Because I don't like Joe Biden. And then they pick some company that's you like. That's patriotic, like Patriot Mobile. Then they go, you know what, I'm going to start burning all those chips. Would you be like, hey, don't judge me because of my president. I didn't vote for him. Would you be like that? Or would you be like, well, yeah, you totally turned us with the same brush. Uh, me and Biden are the exact same. He's an American, I'm an American, we should be judged the exact same way. We need to stop with the bullcrap. Stop with the virtue signaling. And remember just who the hell we are. America, you're better than this. But if you want to be better than this going forward, you have to stop. You have to know what you're standing for. You have to know what you're fighting against. You have to know what you are for. What are you for? If you want to solve these problems, because trust me, these problems can be solved very easily. We live in tyrannical government times. The answer is always the same. When it comes to government overreach, it's the Constitution. I'm going to start sharing with you some solutions for the rest of this show. But the first one is this. When it comes to checks and balances, we need to get out of the political mindset. I've had, I'm having meetings behind the scenes on certain issues. I do consultancy work behind the scenes with people. And I always ask them, so America is the country of checks and balance. Yeah, it is. What's the check on government in D.C. right now? To a T, everyone always says the following. 2022 and 2024. Well, when the Republicans regained the House and the Senate in 2022, which... I think it will happen, but don't ever underestimate the ability of the Republicans to screw things up. 
the Republicans are no great shape. The Republicans are just as tyrannical as the left. I'm helping someone who's running for office at national level. Do you want to know how bad the Republican Party is? They have identified a district they need to win in the primary. The local, that district has a GOP meeting once a month. That person who is on the ballot, who is running for the house to represent that area, can't attend the GOP meeting without an invite. Hmm. Yeah, because it's the left that are the problem. Really? No, that's the right. That's the Republicans. Oh, and by the way, this is in a conservative state. This is in a red state. This is the Republicans. But even if that's true, the answer is 2022 and 2024. Is that what the founders wanted? When they spoke about checks and balances, did they really mean another political party? Or did they mean something more deeper? The check on DC is not the Republicans or the Democrats when the Republicans have power. The check on DC is the same as it has always been. The states. We need to start getting states to stand up. Why is it, and God bless him for doing it, people like Ron DeSantis, but why is it always when we hear about good governors? And by the way, I'm not talking about hearing it from the mainstream media. I'm hearing it from, you know, good media, like the Blaze, like the Daily Wire. Every story that you hear about good governorship is usually Ron DeSantis. Why are more governors not following his role or been similar? Why? Because we have misattributed our focus. We have turned our eyes to D.C., and we have removed them from where they should have been the whole time. The states. Before I give you some solutions, I want to show and prove to you something amazing. The founders predicted the times we live in. I want to read something from you. And bear with me because it's a couple of lines long. This is from your Declaration of Independence, written 240 years ago. Mankind are more disposed to suffer, while evils are sufferable, than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuse, abuses and usurpations Pursuing invariably the same object ev evinces a design to reduce them to under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for future security. That is the time we live in. And I apologize, I butchered the reading of that. Two things you need to think about. Mankind are more disposed to suffer what evils are sufferable. Has there ever been a truer word or sentence issued, written, or discussed than what we've seen over the last couple of years? Look at what's happened, not just COVID, but even prior to COVID. The Bill of Rights was trampled on. Look at your country. Look at the Bill of Rights in your country for the last 25 years. It's been trampled on every year and by every administration. It's constantly trampled on. 
You know, everyone loves round numbers. I always say this when I go back speaking. I always say, you know, you, if you don't think the Bill of Rights is trampled on, ask yourself one question. And because we all like round numbers, let's go from the year 2000. From the year 2000 to today, 2022, what right in the original Bill of Rights of the original 10 are more secure today than they were in the year 2000? The First Amendment? Second Amendment? Third Amendment? Fourth Amendment? Fifth Amendment? Sixth Amendment? Which? The Tenth Amendment? The Ninth Amendment? Which are more secure? They've been trampled on for the longest period of time. But we have accepted them. Because it was sufferable. It wasn't ideal. We might have been angry about it. But we could just get on with it. Or so many people would say, well, look, you know, why do you need so-and-so? Let me give you the prime example of the amount of times people said this. And I'm not going to give you a left-wing example. I'm going to give you a right-wing example. When Donald Trump signed in that bump stock law several years ago, I was the one who said, that's bad. That is a clear violation of the Second Amendment. The amount of conservatives and Republicans who would come to me and Trump supporters kind of go, yeah, I get it, but do you, why do you need a bump stock? It's not the Bill of Rights needs, it's the Bill of Rights. You may not need a bump stock, but that doesn't mean someone else can't have it. And even if no one else needs a bump stock, or even wants a bump stock, if you ban it, you're doing something that you don't have the right to, you don't have the authority to. But if you're going to do it, can you imagine what the left is going to do? Give them an inch and they take a mile. But here's the thing I want to focus on. It is their right. It is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for future security. Look around today. Who is offering new security? Who is looking at the government as we are not happy with our government? And we need to throw off the shackles of government and get back to a point where America said the idea and the role of government is this. It's not to give rights. It's not to take rights. It is to protect our God-given rights. Who's doing that? Look around at the phony choices you have today. If you are believing in this battle and you start picking a side between, well, look, you know what? I may not like Putin but I'm with the nationalists in Europe. I'm with the national socialists in Europe. We may have a lot of disagreements, but at least they are proud of their country and they're not for globalism. They're not for one world governments. I asked the question I asked you a couple of segments ago. If a boot is on your throat, does it really matter the ideology of the person whose boot is there? Like personally, I can only answer for me. If I have a boot on my throat and tyrannical government overreach, I'm not going to take some consolation. Well, you know, at least a person with the boot on their throat, at least they love America. Nope. I don't want any boot on my throat. And if there is one, I don't care about their ideology. I don't care if they're more favorable, quote-unquote, to my way of life. I don't want the boot there for me, but also I don't want the boot on anyone else's throat. So how do you solve these problems? be an American the answer to whatever battle happens whether it's the communists and let's take out the three people the three ideologies in the battle I said to you let's take each one of them and compare them to Americanism to the idea of America 
to the idea of individual liberty. You see, I don't care whether I'm taking on the old school communist. My answer is the same. Well, we believe in one world government. I don't. I believe not in a world government. I believe in individualism. Well, I believe governments should tell you what to do. And this world government should decide what is best. We should have a harmonization of rights. We should have a United Nations Charter of Human Rights. We should have a harmonization of the tax code. Nope. No, we don't. We don't need that. I don't want that. I believe in individual rights. Well, let's say it's the Great Reset people. Where you have public-private partnerships. Where you have this idea of businesses and the, the elites. The one percenters working with government in harmonization to bring their way of life around. Nope. The answer to that is the idea of America. The idea of individual rights. Because you see, while as much as I dislike government, I also dislike elites who think they're better than everyone else. This idea of, well, I earn so much money. And do you know who I am? I'm Mark Zuckerberg. I'm Jeff Bezos. I'm somehow better than you. And I know more than you. Bullcrap you do. Bullcrap. I'm sure in certain aspects, you might know more about business. But that doesn't mean you have a right to tell me how to live. That doesn't mean you know what's best for me. You've never met me. But also the reason, and I make this specifically about America, because this is more apt in America, because you have such a big landmass. You need to understand, the elites, the rich people, all they care about is three major population centers. New York, D.C., California. Just think of any rich elite person. And then ask yourself, when was the last time they would come to... And I'm just going to use myself as an example. Where I live. When do you think the last time any of these rich elites went to Oklahoma? When do you think... Could you imagine any of those rich elites coming to where I live? Where literally I live on a road where it's farms. Goats. Dogs. Loads of different animals. Cows. Buffalo, I think. Can you imagine them there? Could you imagine them coming down some of the roads I, I go around every day? Where there's loads of double wide traders? Do you think those elites, do you think Jeff Bezos fits in there? Do you think Jeff Bezos fits in in the heartland? Do you think he has any idea of what your life is like? Do you think Jeff Bezos, because your idiot president is saying that, and yes I say it, and I'm sorry for being insulting to your president, but I'm really upset with what he's doing right now. Do you think Jeff Bezos has his finger on the pulse of how much it costs to go shopping in Walmart right now? Do you think he has his finger on the pulse of how much gas prices are right now? Do you think he feels the pain we feel? Or does he just write a check for the expenses at the end of the month? And I'm not just picking on Jeff Bezos. I'm talking about any of these elite people. Do you think they have anything in common with us? Do you think they have any idea of what our life is like? Where 18 months ago, gas was like $2 a gallon. And it's now three seventy-five. I think, where I am. And I'm in a lucky state. I spoke to a friend of mine in Michigan this week. And she said gas was four twenty-five. Do you think they feel that pain? Or is that just another writable expense off? Well, I've got millions and millions. What's another 50 cents a gallon? 
<laughs> it's nothing to me. Do you think they feel the pinch of when they're trying to get their weekly shop in Walmart? Do you think they care? Oh, wow. I used to, I buy all this food and for my family and it's normally $200 a week. It's now 275 Do you think they feel that pain? Do you think they're at a checkout ever where they're literally looking at their, what they have in their bank and going, I'm sorry, I have to put something back. I don't have enough to cover it. Do you think they know that pain? Do you think they know the pain of missing a mortgage payment? Do you think they can relate to you about where your next food bill is coming from? That is why I reject the Great Reset. What is the answer to that? The idea of America. The idea of getting government out of the way because government is not the answer. Government is always, always the problem. And then we move to the third person in that argument. The nationalists. Well, I'm your friend. I don't like those Jeff Bezos's either. I don't like those people. I don't like the globalists, the elitists, the great resets, the communists. Come join me. I'm a national socialist. I believe in America. I want the same as you. No, you don't. You may be okay with the idea of America from, you know, Americanism. But you're not okay with individual rights. Because you believe in government. You just want it to be run by an American. For Americans. You just want it to be decided. Well at least it was an American who told me what to do. Really? The idea of America is not based on government. The idea of America is built on the principle of leaving people alone. And leaving them as much control of their own daily lives as possible. If you believe and understand and agree with me that this is the battle of our day, then you need to understand the solution. The solution is not picking the lesser of two evils. When it comes to the lesser of two evils, if you are picking one, you are still picking evil. When it comes to this battle, whether you choose the communists and the globalists, whether you choose the communists and the great resets, whether you choose the national socialists, make no mistake about it. You are choosing tyranny. You are choosing government. You are choosing trampling on individual rights. The only answer to all of these ideologies is the idea of America. And this is where I finish up today's show with a last, last warning. And it's all connected to what I've just said. This is where I finish up today's show with my last warning. We are about to enter biblically bad times. All the reports, and I'm going to be sharing more of these with you over the coming weeks when I can put them all together. We're going to live in a world where who knows what the gas price is going to be. $4, $5, $6, $7. We have no idea where war is going to break out next, what's going to happen next in this Putin-Ukraine thing. What China is going to do to Taiwan. The idea of America back negotiating with Iran is very uncomfortable to me. We have no idea what's going to happen overseas. There's going to be fertilizer shortages, there's going to be food shortages. Our world has been turned upside down. 
I just said to you about the elites not knowing what our life was like. How are you going to put food on the table? How are you going to survive? What you need to understand, this is historical. You can research this yourself if you don't question me, if you don't believe me. And I highly encourage you to do your own homework. When times get bad, and I mean really bad, people always, always, always cry out for a leader. They're hurting, they're tired, they're frustrated, they don't feel like they're getting anywhere. And they look to a man or a woman and say, come and help us, just take our pain away. And that is usually where a strong man, a tyrant, a real despotic person comes and says, sure, I'll take your pain away, but you got to give up all these rights. And because you're so tired and frustrated and hurt and beaten up and pissed off, you go, okay, just deal with it. Just do it, whatever you got to do. And if you know anything about rights and freedom historically, the minute government takes rights, it very rarely gives them back. Let me give you one example of COVID. All the COVID restrictions are going away, yet you still have to wear, play political theater, COVID theater on a plane. You think that's going to go anywhere soon? They just literally transferred emergency for emergency. They just think there's more fuel to grow government under co under Ukraine and foreign policy right now than they do COVID. That's the only reason they stopped. They believe in control. Right now, the world is ripe for a strong man. Well, at least they have a set of balls. Mm -hmm. Oh, they'll have balls, all right. They'll also have a gun and a henchman who, if you dare speak out against them, will kill you. And if it's like Putin in Russia, you'll throw yourself through the window and shoot yourself and it'll be ruled a suicide. These are the times we live in. What is the answer? You need to know what you stand for. And if you do nothing else from today's show, you need to talk to your kids and your grandkids and start talking to them about the idea of America and ingraining in them what they stand for. Because here's the thing. Times are bad, but we can solve these problems. All the problems that we're facing right now, crap overseas, over foreign policy, really bad things domestically, inflation, interest rates are going to start going up soon. All that we've dealt with before, it was Ronald Reagan and the Cold War under Carter, and then Reagan came in. You saw how much and how quickly things could change. What we need right now is liberty. What we need now is freedom. What we need now are politicians of men and women to rise up who are not from the political class, who are not from these consultancy-based firms who tell you to say a certain thing, to look a certain way, to sound a certain way, to say the same old tired cliches that they've been said over and over and repeated ad nauseum to you. What we need now is people to rise up and say, know what? Government, you had your chance. You had your chance in this country. You had your chance around the world. And quite honestly, you sucked at your job. Now it's time for the people. Now it's time to get government out of the way and that us, the average American people, the average citizen, to rise up, to create, to innovate, and to solve and clean up the mess you have created. And if we get through that, will it be easy? No. Will it be painful? Yes. Will some people lose everything? Yes. I hate to break it to you, but that's always what happens.
But we need to start innovating, creating our way out of these problems. If we do that, we win. We can make America the best comeback story since Jesus Christ. We can turn the tide. We can turn this ship around. But only, 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 only if you know what you stand for. And in, if you stand for the idea of America. And you not only believe like we spoke about last week, but you commit to us. You commit to us and say, it's not about me anymore. It's about ensuring my kids and my grandkids and my great-grandkids, depending on your age, have an opportunity to make things better. That they have some semblance of the opportunity I had when I was growing up. How you act, how you say, what you say, where you say it, all depends on you. Because it's easy to look at all the conflicts. It's easy to look at all the problems in D.C. right now. It's easy to look at Ukraine and say, that's so far away, I can't do anything. But believe me when I say this. What you do and what you say will decide the fate of the world. Do we make freedom spread? Do we make liberty and individual liberty spread and become cool again? Or do we accept the taunt? Since I spoke about Reagan earlier on. Do we accept that there is no stopping the Soviet Union? That there is no stopping this great assault on tyranny? On freedom? Where tyranny, whether it's the Great Reset, whether it's Agenda 2030, or whether it's National Socialism, or Nationalism from Putin, that this is inevitable. That there is no turning the tide. That we just must submit to their will. I don't believe that. And I will die. Die trying to defend this nation to defend the idea because regardless of the enemy the solution is always the same because the enemy is always government and tyrannical people telling you how to live and the answer to that is always the simple vision of leaving people alone and don't take their stuff please share this special with some of your family and your friends they need to hear us they need to correctly identify the times we are living in and also understand the solutions we finish up the way we always do saluting you the american people america is great because americans are good america is great because americans are good you are the answer you are the secret sauce not some more politicians, not Trump, not Biden, not DeSantis, not the Republicans, not the Democrats, you. We need to get government out of your way so you can foster an environment, so you can create, so you can innovate the solutions that we need. Until next Saturday at 12 noon Eastern, have a beautiful and blessed week. God bless America. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.